sustainability is what you need to do to keep your business in business and keep it a going concern. If you're going to do business and there's ways to do it that's cleaner, that's better for people, that's better for the environment, that's better for uh, the long-term vision or view of that company, why wouldn't you do it? Hi everyone, thank you for joining us today. We have a very, very special guest, Jason Castellan, who is the co-founder and CEO at Skyline Group of Companies. We've had a bit of technical difficulties. You've been very patient and I uh, appreciate you taking the time. I know you're very busy. How are you doing today? I'm doing great and don't worry about the technology. That's why we're in the real estate business and not the technology business. Yeah. So I'm good with that. yeah. That's good. That's good. So Jason, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, as a as a person, I grew up in small town Ontario uh, in, in uh, about an hour north of Guelph in a town called Walkerton. And, um, you know, just, just led a pretty regular, normal lifestyle. Uh, Love sports, played a lot of sports. Have a, had a, my brother Marty. We shared a um, we shared a room growing up, um, and and you know so we had lots of talks, lots of dreams, lots of things. And as as we uh, went on to um, uh, you know through our high school years and 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 went our separate ways, but came back together for university. That's where we started uh, buying real estate together, and um, and then met our partners. And uh, I'm condensing about 20 years into, uh, you know, in about uh, 20 seconds here. But um, yeah, I just just somebody that we always we always worked hard. We play hard. Uh, we enjoy doing uh, doing things, building businesses, building things. And, and um, yeah, that's that's kind of who I am. And, and here we are with Skyline and we're continuing to grow. And, and, and I, I take great pride in that. And I take uh, great pride in what we've done for uh, our investors and for our, our our communities and 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 where we've where we've grown our business. So it's it's a lot of fun and and just uh, I, I drive I drive a lot of satisfaction out of out of the business uh, that we're in. So it, um, yeah, and, and and you know I still to this day love love playing hockey. I would play it every day if my body would let me. Um, I, I love the competitive spirit I get with uh, with my friends and with my com uh, com combatants. And um, you know I think that bringing that bringing that sports attitude to businesses has been healthy and has been successful the way we've, you know, the philosophy that we bring to work. So that's, that's kind of me in a nutshell. Wow. That's a great story. And you mentioned you and your brother, obviously growing up together, you used to dream. Mm -hmm. Did you ever dream Skyline would go to what it is today? No, of course not. This is, um, this is, I pinch myself still. And, and, and I, and to be honest with you, I, I'm, I, I, you know the numbers when i talk about the numbers in the billions like it, it it's not lost on me that these are r ridiculously large numbers and and they're uh it's a big business but um you know we we just have kept our, our heads down and our, our nose to the grindstone and we've, we've worked really hard um with everybody and we've surrounded ourselves with with great great business leaders and minds and and people uh that, that have have helped get us to where we are and and just continues to grow Wow. You inspire me. I want to do something big now, but I'll go to the next question. <laughs> You're doing something big. I like this. This is great. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, so what would you do differently if you were to start out now as a real estate investor? 
compared to when you started out uh, in the nineties? Um, that that's a tough that's a tough question because I mean we're here today because of what we did, and and I would I'd be I'd be really worried that if we if I did anything different, we might not be here today. Um, that comes at the risk that we might be have been more wildly successful too. So I, I don't know. Um, you know, you know, I think, I think uh, we, we took advantage. The timing is really good for us coming out of the 89, 90 kind of re correction of the real estate market that we started buying in and, and going from there. I would have maybe if I could have realized what the opportunities were, there at the time i think we could have bought a lot more we should have bought a lot more we should have gone to friends family and 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 relatives and, and things more to get more capital to grow at that time um but you know we were figuring the business out and we were having a lot of fun doing it at the time as well so uh, you know the capital side has always been a restriction to our growth because um there, there have always been good deals you can always find good deals if you turn over the right rocks uh, to look for them. So um, I think maybe maybe uh, going after capital early on and, and structuring that a little bit differently might have might have changed. But, you know, I, again, I say that we're, I'm pretty happy with where we're at right now. So to, to have done anything different, um, you know, there's so many variables and levers that you could have changed uh, the dramatic outcomes of things. So I, I'm, uh, I'm pretty happy the way we did, you know, we, we did spend a lot of time working really hard um, and maybe not smart, yeah, you know, doing the construction ourselves and doing the stuff like there's a lot of really bad construction jobs that we've did in the past <laughs> in some of our rentals in the early days. And, you know, maybe, maybe we could have, uh, you know, hired some of that out and then accelerated our growth that way. But, you know, again, it was part of the learning process and I, and I'm, I don't begrudge or I don't regret any of it ever. Wow. That's very good. That's very good. So the federal government wants Canadian pension funds to invest a larger share of their assets in Canada and promising measures to make it a more attractive option What's your take on this? Well, when the government makes promises, I'm very skeptical. Um, I'm also very skeptical that uh, they're going to remove or, or, or do the right things to facilitate that. I mean, the opportunities um, are, are restricted in this country to grow and to develop. Like we know there's a housing shortage. We know those things exist, but there's just so much friction around that. There's so much bureaucracy, so much red tape that uh, that has to get out of the way to let um, to let private individuals and, and corporations and, and, and any other people who want to develop and grow in this country, uh, that, that has to be removed uh, for, for things to, to, to take off and therefore to create more opportunities for these pension funds to invest in. So like, like if, if the housing shortage could be met right now, just think of how much more capital that would accept for opportunities and to invest in, but but because of the red tape and the bureaucracy and the and the friction that is in uh, that is in the Canadian systems uh, from the municipal level all the way up to the federal level, um, it's going to be it's going to be hard to undo that uh, to to um, open up opportunities. You know, it's it's going to have to figure itself out for sure. Uh, in Canada, we have winter. You cannot live on the streets in the winter. Uh, we have to get housing answered and we have to figure that out. 
Um, um, but, but uh, you, you know, like uh, from that perspective for investing in Canada, uh, I think getting, um, making it easier to facilitate that further investment is, uh, is going to be key to that. And then, and then, and then great, then impose the restrictions, not restrictions, but impose that those pension funds put more into Canada. But right now, if there's nowhere to invest, there's no room for them to invest their capital they have to go somewhere they have to they have to take care of their pensioners so uh you know that money has to go somewhere and, and um you know we're, we're ready willing and able to to create the opportunities for that but um again we're going to need help to, to cut the red tape out of the way you mentioned red tape one of the counselors here in ottawa was on the podcast and i use that word Red tape. He prefers a different word than red tape. So, what should be removed? We're dealing with it right now when we're when we're trying to develop our own uh, multi-res and assets and opportunities here. From all levels, the municipal level has their own agenda. The provincial level has their own agenda. The federal level has their own agenda. Like the feds have the doors wide open. Uh, immigration is coming in, and that's great. We love immigration. We need immigration. Um, but if if that part is not uh, working and congruent with the fact that the municipal level says, I don't want this in this area, or I don't want to, you know, or it's, it takes, you know, 24 months to get approvals to get in the ground on some of these opportunities or some of these bills. Where do these people go in the meantime? So the door's wide open for immigration to come in, and, and then there's too much of a log jam to get these, these homes built for these people. So it's, uh, I think that all levels need to get on the same page. They need to put their, set their personal agendas aside and get, and get in line with, with serving the people of this country. What, what would you describe as some of the personal, like something that would be a personal agenda for the municipal government, for example? Well, I mean, we we clearly uh, we clearly um, have have locations in many towns. We're in secondary and tertiary markets around Canada, and yeah. we clearly have property um, in high uh, traffic zones and in high uh, mobile like mobile areas uh, where we should there should be huge intensification. But yet, you, you know, sometimes you've got the vocal minority speaking out against that because they don't want. Uh, a, a big apartment building or a big condo building in that in their area for whatever personal reasons that they have, and and for some reason the, that that vocal and loud minority gets heard and crowds out what the actual needs for the uh, for the municipal and and, and the pr- province are. So those are examples that we're seeing. We're experiencing we're experiencing that uh, you know right in Guelph here. We're, we're trying to build a, a large building right on the rail lines, and and we're being restricted by what uh, by how tall it can go um, because um, people don't like it that tall. They can't give us really a real reason why. So things like that are are just frustrating. It's obvious that this is a place where sh- we should have intensification. Um, and, and for some reason, uh, people's personal agendas are getting in the way of that. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, uh, that needs to change. Sure it does. And it's crazy. So we are again in, in many, many, uh, secondary and tertiary communities. Some communities are like that and other communities are rolling out the mat. So other communities, the mayors are calling us and saying, Hey, we've got a piece of land. It's municipally owned. Do you want to buy it from us and develop on it? And we'll waive development charges and we'll, uh, you know, we'll facilitate whatever it needs. We'll put a special task force on it to make sure that we expedite this to getting built. 
So we go from from one extreme of of, of roadblock after roadblock to others where they're where they're inviting us, basically rolling out the red carpet to have us come and build in those communities. So it's it's really weird. Like it's a it's a nationwide housing problem. Let's all get on the same page. Come on. It just it just you know blows my mind. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Amazing. You're very passionate about this, obviously. I'm, I, I now am to the point where I can truly, honestly speak my mind. When this stuff doesn't make sense, I think it's my job and it's other people's jobs to speak up about it. And let's get this figured out. That's very true. That's very true. I love the spirit. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. And should a 1031 exchange type of tax break be introduced in Canada, similar to what they have in the United States? Why or why not? You know, I, I remember in the 90s when tax rate was 75% of the capital gain was taxed at your normal tax rate, and they moved it to 50%. That actually made a meaningful difference um, for people who would who own buildings, because we were, you know, I, and I can only speak about, you know, where, what we were doing at the time with our buildings, but um, there were people that said, okay, now I can save this much more in tax. Now I can afford to sell, and I should have enough profit still left over to go redeploy it somewhere else. Um, I think that uh, getting to having a rollover like that in that, like they have in the States, the United States is beautiful from, from a perspective of, of removing all of the, um, you know, again, the friction that's, that comes with, you know, with paying tax and, and, uh, and that stuff to roll it over and keep, um, keep the flow going and keep the deal flow and keep the opportunities coming and improving um, by by having that 1031 rollover uh, provision, um, I, I don't know what it would have to look like in Canada, but I do know in the 90s when it went from 75% tax uh, capital gains taxed at your normal rate down to 50, it did start to shake loose buildings. I mean, if that went from 50 to 25, um, I mean, people who are long holding property may now consider liquidating, taking that capital um, and having enough at least left over after tax to doing something else with it. So it does it does create deal flow. It does create turnover, which creates revitalization, which creates a whole bunch of uh, opportunities that we're needing and and missing in the marketplace. So I'm I'm for it. I'm for it. I think it, I think it's good. I mean, I haven't done the analysis on what the tax loss to the government is on that. Um, I mean, without knowing knowing that math i'm just thinking of it from a perspective of a of 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 growing um it would certainly facilitate and fuel the opportunity to grow and have have more deals happen than than are right now well well then the government should look at it as an incentive even though there's a tax loss yep uh, yep yeah like i i mean there's there's people a lot smarter than me that can look at the For overall sure. implications and what that what that perspective is on on a lot of areas that that I may not be focused on, but you know it's 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 uh, um, you know some of the municipalities get it right. They 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 figure out I can give you uh, tax breaks for ten years if you're going to put a building up, knowing that that's going to get up, and then they're going to start collecting tax on it. If you don't give that tax break at all in the first place, nothing gets done, and there is no future tax revenue generated. So there's 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 ways to think of this. Like yeah, sure you're giving up something in the short term, and I know politicians don't like to think on the short term, but you give something up on the short term, which on the long term will have benefits back. To the tax coffers and in, in, in other ways, I'm quite certain. That's very good. So Skyline Apartment REIT was ranked number five among Canada's top 10 REITs in the Rental Housing Business Magazine 
what has mm -hmm. been the key to your success? We are we are passionate about what we do, uh, and that goes for all of us. We all like to grow. We all like to build. We all like to see things happen. And I think through tough times, uh, that's when I think that's when we've we've actually you know rolled up our sleeves and worked harder. And that's I think then when you come out of those tough times, then you're really you're really hitting stride when things are better. So so what it's done is. is Every time we've gone through a tough time, be it a stock market correction or a war in the world or with a pandemic or anything like that, we've hunkered down, we've, we've improved our systems, we've improved our business so that when we come out the other side of it, we are now in the position to accelerate things even faster. So I think that that's been our success is just kind of stay at it through the good times and the bad times and just have that cadence to your, that rhythm to your, the way you do business. Um, incentivize people properly that they're motivated to grow with you and to, and to work through those hard times as well is what um, you know has been one of the keys to our success for sure. That's very good. Thanks. That's very good. <laughs> I, I'm going to use that. Okay. <laughs> very good. Very good. good. And which asset class will perform better in 2024 between industrial and multifamily, and why will one perform better? Well. You're, you're asking me to talk about my children here. We've got a multifamily fund and we have an industrial fund and they're both performing quite well along with our retail and our clean energy fund. You know, these are our passions on all fronts. I think that multifamily is obvious because of immigration has pressure on it. And what that is, is unfortunately for people who are looking for homes, it's pressure to be able to find affordable housing. But if you are building and you own that real estate, it's good pressure for you because it creates demand. So there's going to be that demand is always going to be there. But these people, when they immigrate or people that need this housing, they also consume things. They consume goods that now, again, through the pandemic, going from this just in time production of, of events to just in case and companies that depended on offshore importing of goods for that, they now want them onshore and they want them for last mile distribution. Um, I think they're going to go hand in hand. Are they going to go at the same rate? Are they going to um, move at the same rate? No, they're going to egg and ham it as they evolve. But um, I think it's going to be driven by immigration and driven by housing. Um, because then once you have people there, they need stuff. They, they consume things. And that is going to be where uh, industrial and, and retail, for that matter, I think are going to continue to grow and flourish as well. Uh, because of it so it's you know it's all one big interconnected um thing and i don't think one shines without the other okay so you mentioned your renewable energy fund yep. what was the motivation behind starting that fund because that's very good i think well this is an example of where government plays a really good role in kickstarting an industry when they started the microfit programs back in 2009-10, we started putting these uh, solar systems on our properties, on our buildings, and we were benefiting from those. We then realized that energy is one of the biggest expenses next to taxes, go figure, but it's one of our biggest um, expenses to our buildings, to our properties. If we could offset that or mitigate that through solar installations, through other sources of green energy and, and clean energy that can be brought to market you know, in a year, not in 20 years, like it takes to build a nuclear plant. I'm not against nuclear. I'm just saying that if we have to meet these demands today, we can't be waiting 20 years to have that come online. So to be able to put these um, solar installations on our properties, we were meeting that demand short term. We also then realized, okay, well, this has the scalability to become institutional. Uh, this has the ability that 
to be a real investment of substantial size. And so we started the fund uh, with the intention that, you know, not only were we getting paid for the hydro that we produce, but if those contracts, when they end and if they ended, we can be our best client in selling that hydro to our buildings, to our tenants that are going to need that. Um, you know, again, more people coming. You can't forget that they're going to, people need a housing, they need places to live, they need things, but they also consume energy. And that is something that uh, with our antiquated grid in Canada for hydro, you've got to start producing electricity and producing energy inside the bottleneck where it's being consumed. So that's, um, that's where we're looking at, at that fund and, and how that evolved from, from, from something that the government originally kickstarted that now it's now into the hands of, of the uh, private markets. And, and um, it, it's become a business, it's become a legitimate industry. Wow, good on the government for doing that. I worked for Canadian Solar back 2008, 2009. Okay. Yeah, so I worked on some microfit projects as well. So yes, okay, yeah, we were we were all over those. They were they were great, and there's a lot of risk at the time. People were questioning, well, are the contracts going to hold? Are they going to be, you know, um, you know, this that that's one thing where government does have a, a good role to kickstart and to and to start a movement, and then when that movement gets momentum hand it over to the market, to the private world, to take it and run with it from there and let the market take care of itself. And I think that that has been a huge success. Wow, that's very good. So you talked about the energy fund, obviously from the perspective of energy is a huge cost. Other than from a cost perspective, why is sustainability important to Skyline Group? Well, I mean, just the word sustainability. If we want to have a sustainable business, I know that the word profit can seem like a bad word to some people, but without profit in a business, you don't have a business. Yeah, I mean, we don't do this for the goodness of our hearts. So sustainability is what you need to do to keep your business in business and keep it a going concern. If you're going to do business and there's ways to do it that's cleaner, that's better for people, that's better for the environment, that's better for uh, the long-term vision or view of that company, why wouldn't you do it? When we look at our business from a sustainability perspective, we look at what are things that our, our investors are going to like to see us doing on their behalf? What are things that our tenants are going to benefit from? Uh, what are things that are going to make sure that this planet is a better place to live in tomorrow than it is today for the long term, even though there's pressures that we're putting on it from a, an energy perspective and from a growth perspective? You know, how can we minimize our footprint as we, as we grow with that? That's just something that we believe in philosophically. And uh, as we've taken those steps, as we grow our business, we see that our, our investors and our tenants and our stakeholders get behind that. So we think we must be doing something right if, if everybody's, uh, um, you know, in that camp and is agreeing with us on that. So um, it's important. It's important for, for us to make sure that Skyline lives beyond my generation onto the next and the next generation. That's very good. I think that once you take risk, and uh, start a business to provide housing, I think your heart's in a good place, even though you're doing it for profit. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we want to provide good housing. We want to provide safe places for our people to live. We want to provide places where they can have their its own micro community. Um, you know, a lot of our new builds have, are, have amenity properties, amenity buildings where people can come together. 
Um, you know, if anything that we've learned in the past few years through COVID and that is that we need to connect. Humans need to connect and more than in a two dimensional way like we are right now. So having places where people can hang out and, and interface and, and communicate and, and do all of that stuff is important. And it makes me proud to be a part of building those communities that Skyline owns and that our tenants can enjoy and live at. So it's, it's good all around, I think. That's very good. So one last question for you, Jason. Sure. What's new and not worthy at Skyline that we may not have heard about in the media or read on your website? Um, what's new and noteworthy? Well, we're we're continuing to grow with uh, our funds. Like we're, we're the four funds that we have are are continuing to grow. There's pros and cons to inflation. When you own things like assets, like big assets. Uh, inflation drives the value of those assets up, which is good for us. But the cost of borrowing then goes up through interest rates. Um, that's put a little bit of a uh, slowdown on some developments, which is counterintuitive to what we need. We need more developments right now for the immigration demands that we have and the housing demands. But um, uh, but we're we're in a good place that that we're you know we're benefiting from the inflationary pressures, but we're mitigating our risk as much as we can on the on the negative side of inflationary pressures through interest rates. Uh, so so we're doing that. Um, uh, but right now our focus is to make sure that those four funds are 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 growing still, are meeting demands. Um, our our investor appetite is still there. We 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 do a new deal, we go to market, our investors step up. So um, we're seeing that that's going to continue to grow and accelerate as we go. We're always keeping our eyes on the ground for new opportunities. Uh, we're looking for things, um, you know, you know that that spark us. Uh, you know, the hospitality industry is something that's interesting to us um, as well. People like to, again, back to traveling, like to move, move around, take a break from where you live. So it's nice. The hospitality um, industry is something that, uh, that that we, you know, that we're, we're just having an eye on and keeping an eye on. Um, but but really, our focus um, is is our uh, is our business right now. We're going to be celebrating in January our 25th anniversary wow. as a com- yeah as a company, um, and we've been in this business for well into well over 30 years. But um, um, we're going to have a big uh, big party for everyone at Skyline, and and uh, that's we're doing that in January, and and you know we're going to look forward to the next 25 years after that. That's very good. So hospitality would be something new that Skyline Ventures. And two. Well, we've had, yeah, we've had, um, we've had a little bit of experience with it over the years. Um, um, it, but as we've, as we've uh, traveled around and had an opportunity to look at things, I mean, we're somewhat known in the real estate market uh, in Canada and, and a little bit in the United States. So deals do come to us and we look at them and we look at them for a long, long time and we digest them and we think about them. And, and um, just more and more recently, we're seeing opportunities come our way that are looking Hmm, that that looks attractive. Even if, like most buildings that we see, um, they they uh, they don't quite perform exactly like the performa. Yeah, <laughs> they, uh, that's a good point. <laughs> they uh, so even if even if we had to you know round the corners a little bit, shave a little bit of the numbers and get them down to more realistic, um, yeah. they still look attractive. So we're looking at that. Um, it, of course, it's more of an active business. It comes with its challenges too. So we're just, uh, that's just something we're looking at. But, you know, our focus still has not changed. Our, our four funds are rock solid and they are, they have the potential to continue to grow indefinitely. Um, we just have to keep making the right purchases 
and uh, and and run them the right way that they're, that they're going to be around forever and ever. So that's uh, that's that's our core focus. Don't get me wrong on that. That's very good. So your fifth fund would be the hospitality fund. You're putting words in my mouth. <laughs> I did not. I did not say that. But we are looking. We're just looking at at opportunities. Um, we're, we're we're just always looking. It might might be it might be an agricultural farm fund. I don't know. So don't don't uh, don't pin me down to anything here. Oh, that's good. Well, I'm going to ask you the last question. I know I already said the last question, but I need to ask you this, and this one's. I think it's tough for you to answer. I assume which one's your favorite fund? Yeah, that, I'm not. No, that's like, like I said. That's like asking which one's your favorite child. <laughs> like well, these are all. These are all. They're, <laughs> they're all. No, they're all great funds, and they all serve a great purpose. And they, uh, you know, honestly, like they, um, and they all went through puberty at different times and had different <laughs> struggles and different, you know, <laughs> things that we had to, had to deal with. But no, they are. They are. Um, I, I love them all and I love every opportunity that they bring and 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 I and I really particularly enjoy the fact of the durability of them we've seen it over and over again every every economic situation now that we've gone through in the past and I don't know which one we're going to run into in the future but up until this point um having having the the funds that uh that meet demands that are Basic requirements for what uh, what our world needs for as far as uh, place to live, place to work, place to get the stuff you need, provide the energy. I mean, uh, they they all serve a purpose to that, and they're all um, you know they're all in, uh, durable through those times. So uh, um, I, I like them all, and I I honestly can't pick. Uh, I honestly I don't have a favorite. I love them all. That's very good. That's very good. Well, Jason, this has been a great conversation. It was worth the wait and I appreciate your patience. Believe me. Thank yeah, you no very problem. much. Thanks, yeah, yeah. thanks for sticking in there for me too. Yeah, we got thank, it figured out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, this is a great conversation. I need to go back for sure. And, okay. Uh, okay. So you're not starting a fifth hospitality fund. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, nice great. talking to you. Yeah, yeah, nice talking to you. Thank you. Thanks, Mateo. See you later. Okay, see you. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye-bye.